0: So you've come here for the truth. Well, we've got the truth and nothing but the truth. Here are your hosts, Robert A. Bianchi and David J. Bruno. Welcome to WMTR Radio. Nothing But The Truth with your host, Bob Bianchi, Dave Bruno, every Saturday at 1030 on the radio and on podcasts on Wednesdays. Dave, uh, two lawyers uh, talking, thankfully, nothing about the law, but about mindset. Who we got? We have Dr. Kaga. Uh, Welcome, Dr. Kaga. Thank
1: you.
2: Dr. Kaga is a board certified internal medicine physician. She graduated magna cum laude from Temple University with a degree in Bachelor of Arts. She went on to become a Temple Med Scholar and was awarded her medical degree from Temple University School of Medicine, where she completed her internal medicine internship. At Georgetown University Hospital and received her residency diploma from Montefiore Medical Center, Albert Einstein College of Medicine in New York. Doctor is also a board board certified in aesthetic medicine by the American Academy of Aesthetic Medicine. Uh, she uses advanced techniques in aesthetic medicine to produce results with reduced pain, bruising, and downtime. She prides herself in her ability to combine her injectable and laser training in order to achieve results that leave you looking better, not different. Doctor, I have to tell you, I, I am so impressed I, uh, with your social media presence. Not only the type of clientele and services you do, But The events that you have and the fundraisers, you're out into the community, helping the community, and I am so happy to have you today on Nothing But The Truth. Thank you for coming.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having
2: me. Always a pleasure. If you could start, why don't you tell our audience about your practice in Marlboro, New Jersey, Central New Jersey, and tell us about the things that you provide and what you do down there.
1: Sure. Um, I'm board certified internal medicine, and we have a large and growing medicine practice. That part of it's near and dear to my heart because I felt like growing up, there weren't a lot of great, you know, physicians or options for physicians to see because a lot of people had self-specialized, but not a lot of primary care doctors that remained in that field. Uh, So we wanted to make sure that we maintain that aspect of the practice and specifically a female provider-driven practice, because there are, you know, several male providers uh, around us, but really not many female providers. And, and we find that sometimes, uh, women just want to, or feel a bit more comfortable speaking to women. We want to give them that, that platform. So we are currently three different providers. Um, I, think, I think the other two are better than I am. So they're, they're all wonderful. Um, and that part is again, you know, live in a well. We're uh, in Marlborough. We have a secondary office in Spotswood and a 7,000 square foot facility opening up in East Brunswick, hopefully late spring.
2: Wow, congratulations.
1: Our aesthetic side of the practice is very, it's a little different. We do a combination of uh, a lot of different injectables and a lot of devices and kind of a tech geek. So I love my lasers. So the combination of those two things together kind of is what I think set us apart from other aesthetic practices.
0: Yeah, I think this guy could use a laser. All right. Anyway, so... um... (laughs) <laughs> Let's let you I, I wasn't going to go here because it is a show about mindset, but I do want to drill down on this because I'm, I'm fascinated by the topic. Um, OK, I don't really know what that means. So, like, what do you do? Like, what do people come in for? What treatments do you do? And I assume like when I hear aesthetics, I'm thinking of some of these things that I've seen where I look at the before picture and I look at the after picture and I'm thinking, what was this person thinking of? <laughs> no, no, but I, I mean, I, I, think, I think that what this may come down to, you tell me, I mean, I know that Dave told me your stuff is off the hook, it is. Um, but I think it may come down to degree or or uh, the way you do it, because you know what I'm talking about when you see the things you see.
1: So, you know, it's funny, I was, I was talking to my, my marketing team earlier today, and we went through so many different companies, especially when we first started, because I couldn't really get an organization that understood that we were not geared towards plastics right so if somebody wanted to look really artificial or not look like themselves or that had that type of transformation where they were unrecognizable we are not the person for that sexy and sultry is not our thing our thing is girl next door right so we want most of our population are people that don't hate the way they look right they just you know want little things done to make them feel better to make them like what they look in the mirror to make them happy with what they see so we we definitely are more conservative. We definitely, um, again, use combination therapy so that people aren't relying on just injectables and then end up looking inflated and artificial. And we're able to do that because we're combining modalities to get there. And if you look at, um, you know, when people come in really nervous that they are going to look, you know, kind of crazy, the first thing we do is is pull up our our before and afters because we know at that point that they clearly have not seen them. Um, And we take a whole lot of pride in that.
0: Awesome. Is that do you do you use different techniques than those other? I mean, I, again, I apologize for being so you know ignorant about this. But if I come in there and I say, "I'll, I'll tell," hey, I got some lines on my forehead, and you know I'm losing weight, and I, I kind of got that I don't know whatever they call it that skin that's flapping under your chin. Like, would would some doctors treat it one way and you do it a different way? Because like I know somebody in particular that's had this question, and I'm like, don't do it because you may wind up looking like a freak. I'm sorry, that, that was my, you tell me why I'm wrong.
1: And and that's not an unreasonable reaction given that, you know, in the last, I'd say, 25 years, we've seen a lot of that. We still see a lot of that, right? So, you know, when we have um, people that are, uh, have some celebrity or, you know, are a little famous that come in and we didn't necessarily do their injectable work, but we're doing, let's say, laser work for them, I get very, very nervous for that type of publicity because I want it to be known that I did not do that, right? So there, that that mindset that you have isn't a bias. It's that you actually have been fed that information through different visuals and through seeing people that actually look that way over time. So not unheard of, And we're really trying to dispel that. So the idea is that, you know, a normal person, uh, a normal practice may keep, you know, four vials of the the um, solution that we use to dissolve filler in their office we won't keep less than 20 30 in our office at any given time we dissolve a lot of work um, because we're not gonna a lot of times people come in and they they don't know exactly what to tweak so they keep adding more filler and more filler and more filler and then they end up with this puffy pillow face artificial look that really nobody wants but mm. the idea here is that if we dissolve all that and address the underlying issues then we're really able to, again, go back to this natural looking um, appearance. People, you know, you said lines on your forehead, right? So I believe in not chasing lines. So you have slightly, now I'm doing the console, so here it is, you asked for it. So, you know, you have slightly heavier lids. So if I, if I go and get rid of those lines on your forehead, you'll have a perfectly smooth, shiny forehead, but you will look funny and you're not gonna look better. Because your lids will be so heavy that that brightness and all that, that liveliness that you have in your eyes will be gone, right? So I did not do you any good by getting rid of those lines. I would tell you to, we can lighten the lines and do that through different lasers and different procedures and make them a little bit smoother so that you're, you're you know happy with them. But I'm not going to make your forehead perfectly smooth. In mm. lieu of that, I'd rather give you a little lift open your eyes up a little bit, make you look brighter, more awake, and that way I'm kind of getting the best of those roles.
0: Oh, it's fascinating. She's diagnosing me and I got esp- an <laughs> espresso right here. She knew I was tired. <laughs> I think the industry in and of
2: itself is fascinating because I think when you think about it, there are some horror stories out there that just scare everybody from actually thinking about this. Um, Have you seen an increase in demand over the years? And also, what about the advancement in technology as to how this helps um, physicians like yourself?
1: So, I mean, we're definitely very technologically driven, and I would be really cautious to entering a practice that wasn't. And there's there's so many great ones in New Jersey, in the city. Like there's so many great ones around us. There's really no reason not to. You'll find one. I have people that come to me from the city, and I'll tell them like what great providers are there, just so they don't have to travel all the way, you know, down to Central Jersey. So there's no shortage of them. But the idea here is that using the right technology, where you're achieving these surgical-like results in a non-surgical way. Technology matters. The type of technology matters, but more importantly, the expertise behind the device matters. We could have two different people get two different procedures done or sorry, the same procedure done and get completely different results based on the settings and the actual person performing the procedure. Right. Mm. I can go super light. I can go super aggressive. And so it's very, very variable and very much so comes down to the actual hand of the skilled provider that you are in. So we we definitely um We definitely harp on that. I'm I'm super proud of the technology we have in the office because everything is handpicked and I I simply won't keep anything there that doesn't work because I don't want to deal with a patient that's unhappy as most physicians will. not And the idea here is retention. You know, we started back in 2017. So, you know, we grew quite rapidly in that, in that timeframe, but it's not because, you know, we, um, we don't advertise, we don't pay for advertising, we only use our social media, but we really grew that way because we relied on our patients being happy and referring us to others.
0: Yeah, always a great uh, business dynamic if, if you have that, um, of course. Let me ask you, uh, what level of uh, time can a patient expect that these procedures will last for until they have to redo them?
1: Completely depends on, on the procedure at hand. So they're there, if you're talking about injectables it may be something as short as three months it may be a year, maybe two years, maybe five if you're talking about device-driven uh, results, we're typically talking about not so much a time frame that it lasts but more of like a rewinding time right, so like if I can take off a few years off of like the dead skin that you have and shed it, then i rewind on time and you have a new starting point point. and that's why we love combining them because then you have some longevity to mm. these um, results as well
0: Amazing. All right, listen, this is WMTR Radio. It's nothing but the truth. Your host, Bob Bianchi, Dave Bruno. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back.
2: At the Bianchi Law Group, our team of former prosecutors and certified criminal trial attorneys specialize in criminal defense and domestic violence cases.
0: When you need a law
2: firm with courage, compassion, and the commitment to fight for you, call the Bianchi Law
0: Group today. Welcome back to WMTR Radio. Something about the truth. Bob Bianchi, Dave Bruno. Doc, uh, so fascinating what your uh, career is and what you're doing. And and, uh, the pictures are really amazing. Uh, Good job. You're changing lives. Let me ask you, uh, COVID hit. So... What did that look like for you as a medical practitioner? And I mean, both with your business, but also, I I know you may not have been doing, maybe you were doing direct patient care. I I don't think you were. But if you were, can you tell us or not what your colleagues were going through? I imagine this must have been an unbelievably difficult time for them. And what struck me, Dave, when the whole COVID thing was happening is we're all at home. We're probably watching way too much TV and Dr. Fauci and Cuomo and everyone, and you know, Trump, and everyone's telling us a little piece of, of something. But the issue became politicized at a certain point in time, which I found to be, I, I really thought the country would kind of bind together in a common cause, kind of like September 11 ish kind of thing. But it actually ripped the fabric of, I think, of our institutions and our, our, our connectedness the, uh, apart. And I, and I mentioned a doc, nothing I want to uh, tirade right about, but because I felt bad for the doctors. I, I felt bad like they're, mm-hmm. these, they're out there trying to help people, and yet they're being attacked and ridiculed. Do you have any insights into any of that?
1: Um. I think when it comes to patient care in general, the mindset, and I'd say the mindset of, of a lot of physicians is kind of to rise above all the you know, political noise. Because at the end of the day, if I have somebody who I at heart think is, let's say, a horrible person with a horrible point of view, I'm never going to deny them care. Right. So, like, it kind of didn't make a difference in terms of mentality um, of who we're treating. We just wanted to be able to do something because I think there's a common thread among the entire healthcare field where we tend to feel helpless if we're not, you know, if we have a skill set or we have knowledge that we can't use. That helpless feeling is a horrible one, right? It's kind mm-hmm. of like when your, you know, your kid falls and you wish that you fell instead of them. So, I mean, in our case, we, um, we started COVID testing, we, uh, once we got hands on antibodies, we started administering antibodies. We did telemed throughout so anyone that was sick could at least get on a telemed with us and we could help manage symptoms, um, at least direct people when to, you know, seek additional help uh, and try to keep the hospitals clear. So if we could manage their symptoms before they got worse, or keep them from needing a hospital just to keep the emergency rooms less crowded, we did. Um, so just little little things that I think ultimately in our community just served a, a purpose. You know, closing down wasn't really an option for us.
0: Did, did you find that some of the people that you were encountering, the patients, um, we, we talk about the effect mentally and emotionally on people, because at least on the legal side of things, we definitely see, not only during the mainstay of COVID, but even now, serious emotional and mental health uh, illness that I can't help but think is connected to COVID.
1: So we definitely treat a whole lot more than we did before. That's for sure. Um, and we were always huge proponents of treating, you know, anxiety or depression or really any type of mental illness. And we were kind of forced into it because we actually don't have a number of um, of. Uh, therapists and, or psychologists, we just don't, we, they just don't exist in central Jersey. There's there's a handful, you have to wait forever to get into them. A lot of them don't take insurance. So we kind of just band it together and, and we treat them. And I'm happy that we do that because I think it gives us a, a different level of connection with our patients, which I think is important and being able to connect the different aspects of our care. Um, we just recently had a young man who's actually uh, pretty severely autistic come in. And had a full-blown drug-induced rash, and it was induced by a increase in a serotonin drug, a uh, anti-depressive medication. And so, you know, it's one of those things where everything is connected, right? It's not that mental health is completely separate from the regular medicine that we do. It's not even connected not connected on the aesthetic side. I mean, we have people that come in that are. There's a reason why the FDA approval for Botox for depression, right, is very alive and well, because the idea is that if I can block the actual movement of someone's forehead from frowning down, then I'm not dealing with the actual neurotransmission to my brain saying you're upset or you're depressed or you are angry. And then you feel that. And so the, the connection really is there. And I think that, you know, depending on what you want to treat and how you want to treat, I think that we have the ability to really help people on a on a different level if all the pieces are connected.
2: Wow. Awesome. Wow. I mean, unbelievable, Doc. The fact that you're board certified in internal medicine and <coughs> aesthetic medicine is <coughs> such such a great accomplishment. And and clearly to get where you've been, successful business, the board credentials. What has been the drive, the purpose? What has gotten you to this place you have
1: in your life? I think the amount, itself, sir. The amount of the reward that we get, how it makes not just me but our entire team feel when we really genuinely help somebody. I don't think that type of euphoric emotion is is replaceable. Like, if I stopped doing medicine today, I don't think that I could find something to replace that like dopaminergic effect. It just, it makes us feel good, right? It's and, good. you know, that that is, that goes beyond knowledge. That goes beyond board certification, right? But you could have a nurse. You could have somebody who is not a medical board certified professional that patients love and always do do well by them. But it's, a lot of it is is their connection. A lot of it is how much effort they want to put into it. Um, and there's some people that are very empathetic to that, right? Like we have a, a rule in our office that no sick patient is turned away. So, and it's not our call center's responsibility or right to turn them down. So if somebody's sick and we don't have an opening to see them, then it gets passed along to the providers and it's on us to figure that out, right? So if, if we can't, you know, start fitting people in, then we need to expand, Mm -hmm. So it's just you know there's at at a certain point there's got to be, don't get me wrong, sometimes that's abused, but at a certain point there's got to be that balance of how we help people and and not only just in terms of knowledge and skill set, but also giving them what they need or maybe sometimes what they may not know they need.
2: And and you personally, I mean, you operate at such a high level, high frequency. I, I see the energy, the emotion. I mean what keeps you up in addition to just the help that you provide your patients?
1: I mean I definitely think that I'm I'm very driven when it comes to setting, you know, goals and in my head it's like well if we can do this why are we not doing it? It's a capability thing. Right? So like if I know that we have a system in place and we can make it better, I need to make it better. <laughs> like it's just that's really kind of what it comes down to and if I'm able to do that then why am I not doing it? I think that once you actually And this, this was so post COVID, but the amount of appreciation, the amount of thank you emails, the amount of, I mean, we had different places that were just dropping off cases of water just because they saw us in the heat outside. And the, the appreciation there is real. And once you know that what you're doing is seen and appreciated, it's really hard to stop, Mm -hmm. right? Like how, how you know that, you know that you're doing something good. Right. So, I mean, Mm. very hard to, it's hard to let that. Listen, there's a reason why so many physicians and healthcare providers in general don't actually retire, right? You see them get really, really old, really, really old. But what do you do after that?
2: What about these fundraisers you're doing? I mean, I saw you just did a, a collaborative effort with Eat Clean Bro one of the meal delivery services in New Jersey. I, I can't, see you I can't at take gallas. credit for that.
1: That was all them. I can't, I can't take credit for that. We're always more than happy to contribute to anyone that's really you know, doing a great job and they always do a phenomenal job. They're role models for me and I think really any other small business um, in terms of really turning around and giving to their community. But um, And they do a phenomenal job with it. But the idea is that we were blessed with the success that we have had. And I feel like as quickly as it came, it could disappear. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's, it's just important to put that in perspective. And, and if we can, you know, spread some of that, that success and, and help other people along the way, then it just makes it all that much better.
0: How many people do you have working for you?
1: Uh, currently we are a staff of 20. Um, and then once, once our East Brunswick location opens up, we'll, you know, have to begin hiring more people for that facility.
0: Yeah, because I'm, I'm hearing in the mm-hmm. undertones of what you're speaking is obviously a sophisticated business person. I mean, whether you like to be that way or not, I mean, it's there and it's important. Um, in fact, when we were going through COVID, we were having business coaches. And I remember a guy saying something to me that really just like was my defining moment when he's like, Bob, there's no honor in people not having eyeballs on your law firm. You guys are excellent at what you do. You're very well regarded. But if you don't go out, because, you know, there's this hesitancy about advertising and doing things of that nature. A lesser lawyer is going to be doing a worse job for somebody that you could have been helping better. And it was really kind of like an epiphany for me. But um, I'm curious when you're hiring your staff. You tell me if you're like we are, we always want to hire first with what's your mindset, who are you as a person, before we even really get into skills and abilities. Because it's important, we believe in treating the whole client, not just their legal issue, but them as people too. At least that's our thing. How do you go about your hiring practices? What are you looking for?
1: That's funny. So I, I uh, early on, I got accused of only hiring pretty girls. And I took such offense to that because I was like, I can make anyone pretty. I don't need them to be pretty. That's, that's not a job requirement. Like that, that I can fix that, but I can't fix drive. That, that I cannot do. So we oftentimes will do a working interview and bring them in for a day and see, cause that, I think that it's very telling, right? In a few hours, you can usually tell very quickly if someone is very excited by the pace and by um, seeing patients and, you know, gets excited by it, or somebody who kind of is like, wait a minute, this might be too much for me. And that way, I think it, it makes me feel better because I don't like to hire, I don't like someone to, to leave their job, only to find out, you know, a week later that they don't have one with me either. So I think by doing that, then I can, you know, get a little taste for, for what's going on.
2: Excellent. Doc, we have a, a workshop starting on August 2nd, and we're giving back as well. It's going to be for students, high school students, college students, and law school students interested in careers in law. And it's going to be about admissions and recruiting and interviewing, things like that. But if you could give a message to our future students about success as being a professional, what w- what would it be?
1: I think... A lot of our younger population tends to be fearful to get into something new or getting something that is above their pay grade, right? And, you know, somebody very early on in my career told me to always make sure that you're never the smartest person in the room. So if I can surround myself with 10 business owners that were doing a better job than I am, then I'm in the right place. I don't need to be the smartest, I don't need to be the best, I don't need to be the most successful. I need to learn and soak up everything around me. And that's not an age thing. It's not that, you know, now I don't need to do it that I'm five years in. I will forever be that way. Lifelong student. And that's in life, that's in medicine, it applies to law, or really anything. And if they're able to be that sponge and soak, soak that up from role models like yourselves, then they will forever have that success. Because like you said, it's fully a mindset. and I totally believe in that.
0: Yeah, Yeah. it's funny because when we started the I started the program when I was the county prosecutor in Morris County careers in law and also one for law enforcement officers. And uh, it was it was knowledge is the power. And, And I said to them that when they didn't get credit for it, they got a certificate of completion. We went through trials. We went through all the different lawyers in the different areas of the law. And what to expect in being a lawyer, because if you don't know that, you may make a couple hundred thousand dollar investment in something that you turn around and say, I'm not passionate about. I don't love. And then you're in a prison until you can get yourself out from it. So the kids have been um, I think you're. I think they smart when you see they're thirsting for knowledge, most of which now have Esquire after their name, which we're so proud of. Um, but there were one or two that said, you know what? We love the course because it convinced us not to go into the law, which I think is just as important career choice.
1: Absolutely. The, the worst, the worst doctor you'll ever meet is one that doesn't want to be one.
0: <laughs> Same with lawyers. <laughs> thank you for, thank you yeah. for your time.
2: Unfortunately, it's come to an end, but tell, tell our audience where they can find you.
1: Um, you can find us on our website, www.drkaga.com. Our number is 8555-DRKAGA. Keep it simple.
0: Well, listen, this is WMTR Radio. It's not about the truth. Bob Bianchi, Dave Bruno, 1030 on Saturdays, podcast dropping on Wednesday. They may want to talk about it. But that, I'm telling you right now, as soon as we're done, I'm getting on the phone with a special someone that I was literally having this conversation with. And I think it's so important what you said before, finding the right person. There, there's, there may be a few of them, but there's also a lot of things that aren't good. I love your philosophy, the way you're treating uh, people. And so I'm going to be making the first referral out of the Bianchi Law Group. There you go. How about and it's that?
2: not me? And hey. I'm sure it won't be the only one. We're we're all over the tri-state area, doctor, and I'm sure there are a lot of people that are going to be interested in your services. Thank you. Thank guys. you so much. the The video will drop on Wednesday. Nothing but the Truth dot com, where you can see the doctor and our other guests, and we look forward to maybe meeting in Wait person now. one day. How am I looking, Emma? Uh, uh, what
1: do you think? <laughs> what an answer!
2: What an answer! I think what she's saying is you should probably come down and see her. That's what she's doing, right? Because I don't think you could do these uh, types of consults marvelous. over uh, the video. All
0: Doctor, right, thanks thank again. You. I'll be seeing <laughs> you Thanks, Thank Bob. you guys. Have a great, great time. job. We're the Bianchi Law Group, a team prosecutors, and certified criminal trial attorneys. Right, but here's the thing, he put himself in a box when he said, My Relied on by CNN,
2: Fox News, MSNBC, law and crime, and news leaders across the country for our criminal defense expertise. the a search warrant, you have to have probable cause that a crime's been committed, and there's evidence in a particular place. When you need a law firm with courage, compassion,
1: and the commitment to fight for you, call the Bianchi Law Group today.